Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Bronwyn Williams, a futurist, economist and business trends analyst. Once again, Bronwyn, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Thanks for inviting me back. Indeed, Bronwyn. So what we will be looking at uh, this afternoon is the impact that the fashion industry now is having on our environment, would you believe it? Once disposed of, it then becomes a concern as to how it is eliminated or recycled. So on that basis, Bronwyn, uh, my first question to you is, what is the situation right now from a global perspective regarding uh, disposing of uh, fashion items? Yeah, I mean, this whole thing of like conspicuous consumption or throwaway fashion, as mm-hmm. they call it, has become right. a global problem. Okay. It's also been enmeshed with socioeconomic like class wars too, because unfortunately, when it's come to sustainable fashion, it's that's coming at a very high price premium at the moment. So I think it's always worth framing these conversations in both economic and in environmental terms, because there's a human inter- interest and impact in both the short term and the long term which makes it quite a tricky issue. But here we're talking about how if you are quite wealthy, you could go and buy from some, like, say, Cape Town manufacturer that, like, only makes clothes, like, flown by, like, 50-year-old grannies, you know, that are well-paid and ethical conditions and made out of hemp, for example, it's going to last you the rest of your life. But it's very different if you are younger, you aspire to look a certain way, dress a certain way, and you have access to platforms like Sheen, which pretty much give you access to any sort of garment that you'd want to wear at a very affordable price. Right. So it does come again with environmental costs and uh, human mm-hmm. costs too in terms of how these things are made. Yes. So it really does speak to the fact that we have access to all of this abundance in the modern age, even if it doesn't always feel like every living in particularly abundant times, we do have access to more than any generations really have before. And unfortunately, the commercial and capitalist sort of incentives in, in play here are to get us to consume more. There's not much point in selling us clothes that we're going to wear for the rest of our lives if you are able to mm-hmm. sell people clothes all the time, new things all the time. So it's partly to do with our wanting, what other people want, our natural mimetic desires, and also partly to do with the sort of availability of these things. But anyway, lots and lots of clothes ending up in landfills. And these horrifying stats that, like in the UK, for example, I think it's something like 20% of garments purchased are never even worn before they're thrown away, which is really quite something. Okay, so as you've mentioned, uh, we now live in this privileged era where you, you know, like um, you've got all these multiple brands and manufacturers churning out all these different uh, garments, et cetera, et cetera. So as a result of that, what exactly is the threat itself within these garments? What is it that's posing the, the actual threat? You did allude to the sheen clothing and what have you, but uh, there, there's got to be more at play here. So, so what exactly is yeah, causing so this issue, Bronwyn? Well, they, they, it's both of their creation and the disposal of these items that have a very large environmental footprint, right? right? So in terms of the creation, there's a lot of water and resources that are used in the making of these things. Obviously, water, energy, we are very well aware of the, the scarcities of those basic building blocks of life and lifestyle that we used to in the production. Right. Particularly in garments and things like denim, for example, use mm-hmm. a lot of water. Okay. In a water country, that's an issue. And then on the disposal side, this is where it gets really interesting. A lot of those cheap fast fashion garments are made essentially of plastic. We're talking like synthetic materials oh, like polyester. That's what makes them cheap, right? Okay. Means they don't actually break down. They end up in a landfill. And a lot of this tends to be sort of greenwashed, particularly from more consumerist, wealthiest nations. Talk about like recycling programs and 
otherwise you talk about donating your, your worn clothes to charity or to people in Africa, which is where it gets really interesting because we actually have too many clothes, not too little. We don't have clothing poverty in the world anymore, right? right. In fact, when it comes to downstream fast fashion, there's these clothes are ending up in landfills because there's not even a market for them in, from charities, for example. And quite often those landfills end up in places like Africa or in other places in the global south, as they so call it, you know, more impoverished communities and, and economies. And they essentially really kind of dumping grounds for the, the world, you know, fast fashion addiction, which, right. is, which is really fascinating. And I wanted to make one other point interesting from a train analyst futurist perspective, mm-hmm. and that is that a lot of people have spoken about how digital fashion can sort of replace our actual fast fashion addictions because you could get a new skin for your avatar or a filter for your Instagram feed whenever you like. But there's also an environmental cost to that sort of fast fashion because all that data is stored on servers which have a real, again, environmental footprint in terms of water for cooling and energy for cooling and is used to actually control these data centers. So basically it's our insatiable need for new and more that has a has a cost. And it's a cost that we can pass on. We can't really get rid of. We can hide it out of sight, but it doesn't get rid of the actual environmental energy impact here. Amazing. There's always a catch to everything, isn't there, Bronwyn? But, <laughs> but, but okay, if we can just now uh, extend on that. Um, I was reading an article the other day, very, very interesting article by a company called Belena. This is a, an Israeli startup looking at, okay, in this case, it's shoes. It's got to do with compostable um, uh, shoe, shoe, shoe wear. Um, which uh, they are introducing and looking at larger companies to introduce this. So, um, look, when we sum up what we've been discussing until now, uh, is there an endeavor to look at perhaps compostable, um, disposable uh, clothes right now? And could they also be fully recyclable? Re- yeah, recyclable. Well, there already are these things, but as I mentioned right at the beginning, this comes at a price premium, right? Yeah, so, course, you know, right. I mean, we mm-hmm. have these eco alternatives, but mm-hmm. they're not always as accessible, as affordable right. as the cheaper plastics, which is why we kind of got the cheaper plastics in the first place, right? They were good for mass consumption and mass distribution. Oh, so it really comes down to sort of a demand issue as to whether us, the consumer, mm. is prepared to pay for our ethical values or not. And also prepared to, from an ethical perspective, because we can actually afford to pay those premiums. So it's much like the whole transition to renewable energy that you're talking about, and we know this here in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Like, solar and wind is great, but it's not really affordable for everyone to spend 80,000 rand up front on a lump sum to kit your house up with the, the latest and greatest solar technology. That's something that only some of us can afford to do, to go off-grid and be clean right. and green. Right. right? So, I think it's always it's always worthwhile framing these conversations as to where we are now and right. where hopefully we're going to be heading. Yes, there are materials that are sustainable, and they always have been. Things like your cottons and your linens and your wools have always been sustainable, have always been biodegradable. Mm-hmm. They have come with a price premium. Of course. So I guess affordability, that's the bottom line. And uh, those who choose uh, to uh, go with the, uh, shall we say, conservation of the planets and look at, you know, like the the recyclability and in in contrast to the affordable, shall we say, shiny and readily available and uh, much, well, swamped uh, (laughs) brands that they have at their disposal. We just hope that people can now, you know, change their outlook on uh, which way they want to go and what they uh, choose and where they choose to go in terms of, you know, our environment and uh, 
you know, fashion, fashion wise, what will suit the environment and of course, uh, what will suit, uh, their, their styles. But okay, it's up to, it's attitude, isn't it, Bronwyn? I guess we just can't hope. Yeah. Well, there we go. I guess, yeah, it just depends on everybody how they want to take this on. But interesting to hear everybody's feedback on that. Bronwyn, uh, we've just about run out of time. Thank you so much for joining us and unpacking the issue for us, uh, this afternoon as to where we stand with, uh, the impact of the fashion industry on the environment.